Tapes. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hey, this is Hunter from Thrills United, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, this is Skylar from Coaster Kids and Thrills United, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, I'm Jacopo. I'm the Thrills United Coaster representative from Rome, Italy, and you are listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hey guys, it's Logan from Thrills United, and this is Thrills United Month on the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hey, how's it going, everybody? This is Thrills United Month right here on the Coaster Challenge Podcast, and I'm David Cantu. And I'm Iva Shifley. And boy, we've got a very, very special episode for all you guys here today, but we've been celebrating one heck of a month so far for Thrills United, a great organization that helps people push their fears, break their anxieties, gets them out of depression, helps build friendships and community, brings people together by pushing their fears by doing high extreme thrills. Yes, because, you know, fear is always going to be there and it's meant to be conquered and that's what these kids are doing yes and this is not just something but these kids are doing it and one thing about Thrills United it's not just kids it's adults too this is like the older kids adults where they're out there pushing their fears it's not just about roller coasters in this organization it's about doing extreme high thrills like bungee jumping cave diving doing like the sky jump on the stratosphere in Las Vegas doing river rafting anything that's highly thrilling or just facing your fears by holding a snake holding a tarantula you know it's like anything that would be anything that would challenge your fears by pushing your fears thrills united is that covers all that not just in the united states but around the world and i will tell you logan has representatives that represent him all around the globe and right now we've got a very special guest who's right here in the united states who happens to be in one of the top theme park capitals of the country and that is down in florida we've got hunter hunter is one of the regional representatives of thrills united but he also runs a couple of social media channels himself. He actually runs a really awesome YouTube channel called Theme Park Hunting. And he also has a really awesome podcast called On the Hunt, which I highly recommend you guys to make sure to check it out and hit that subscribe button. Yes. The awesome thing is that these kids and Hunter especially, they crave adrenaline. And that's what we've been learning through all those Thrills United Month. Andrew is standing by with Hunter today. But first, before we get to that, now normally in our regular podcast, we normally do the YouTube highlight clip of the week. And we do a little fun conversation about some of the crazy things we see on YouTube. Because it's Thrills United Month, we decided we wanted to hand that stuff over to Logan and his friends. They decided to share with us some clips of, from their Thrills United channel. And there's a really awesome one where Logan sits down with all his and his regional representatives and they talk about the story about how did they become an enthusiast. So take a listen. Hey everyone, it's Logan. This is the Thrills United Regional Representative Q&A. So the question is, how did you become a coaster enthusiast? And most of you guys know the story that I got into roller coasters by watching POVs, but I'll give you a little more detail on that. I remember like six years ago, I discovered this video called the world's scariest and fastest rides in roller coasters. That was the first roller coaster video I've ever watched. And it was by someone with like 36 subscribers. It wasn't even that good. It was just POV set to copyright me. 
music, but I was just fascinated that like these massive roller coasters aren't just in cartoons, they actually exist and actually feature real riders. And the next day, I went to King's Island for the first time in like seven years, and that was the first time I really saw like Diamondback and Beast and Racer and I thought no way I would ride them but I just love looking at them like wow someone really made these trains can really glide along the track like that I just thought it was an incredible thing to look at and as my fascination grew and grew I eventually rode the coaster that got me into coasters which was Flying Gates Aerial Chase about a year later and after I rode that I wanted to ride bigger better and faster coasters the rest is history here are the rest of the regional reps answering this question i first discovered my love for coasters when i was two years old and i rode goofy's barnstormers at disney world i first realized that i loved coasters and wanted to be an enthusiast was when i went to a world of fun for the first time in 2012 and i was still kind of scared of them but i thought they were amazing still and i knew that i wanted to be an enthusiast so my story when i first became an enthusiast loved roller coasters you know I was going on a field trip to Lake Compounds for school I was like I hadn't been to a park since I was like six and I was terrified of going upside down going really high stuff like that because the biggest thrill ride I had been on was Wooden Warrior I started like researching it led me to Coaster Studios which eventually led me to Coaster Kids and I was like wow this is this is very interesting and I kind of started to research more and then I went to Lake Compounds I didn't really ride much I think I rode downtime and thought I was like crazy, which is their drop tower. And then I eventually was, I went to uh, Six Flags New England with Skylar. She made me ride like everything. I remember going up the Superman lift hill. Like, I don't wanna do this, I don't wanna do this, I'm terrified. <laughs> it's just like too late now. And then I remember hitting the brake on me and like, whoa. <laughs> Then we rode a bunch of different things and I got home and I was like that was crazy And then I just researched and researched until and like went to Six Flags a bunch more time Until I went to like Great Adventure and stuff and I was like I think I'm an enthusiast And then I got on Coaster Kids I'm not gonna lie, I've always had a passion for roller coasters ever since I was two years old So I'd say since 2006 I've really always known about roller coasters Like I still remember hearing tons of news about Son of Beast, Hypersonic XLC I still remember following announcements like the first coaster I remember I really followed construction with was Full Throttle and I think I was nine years old at the time when that was announced or just turned 10. It was when I rode Rip Ride Rocket in 2015 for the first time at Universal. That is really what made me want to focus on coasters. And then once I rode Mako, that just took all my fears away and I just really rode every coaster I just saw. I definitely say Rip Ride Rocket is what changed me. I am glad that I can still say I remember all those coasters operating when I was still into them. So I live in Oregon now, but I'm actually from Los Angeles originally. So when I was a lot younger, I used to go to Disneyland a lot and that's what really fostered my love of theme parks in general. But when it comes to coasters in particular, when I was about six years old, my parents got me this magazine thing. I don't even think this is the original cover. I think I've looked through it so much that it's actually fallen off. This thing is the singular thing that made me take such an interest in roller coasters. first realized that I loved roller coasters after I visited my home park Six Flags over Texas about three times and rode Batman the Ride. I didn't necessarily realize I wanted to be an enthusiast, but I wanted to try a big roller coaster. When I was nine years old, we did a trip to Legoland and Disney in Florida. I wanted to try a rock and roller coaster just to give it a shot, try a big roller 
coaster. And I did, but we went to Legoland first, and I had a hard time getting on those coasters, but I got myself to do it, overcame my fear. Then did Rock and Roller Coaster. And then eventually after that, I'm like, ooh, I want to go to Carolyn since it's right down the road. And I tried Intimidator, liked it, and eventually just fell in love with coaster. I never really decided that I wanted to become an enthusiast. Just something that happened slowly. Um, I wrote my first coaster as I was only two years old, or something like that. And then I just wrote more and more, and I wrote my first thrilling coaster, at least for my age. It was uh, a Gerstler Bobset coaster, Tour Summer and Duo Summerland, when I was five years old. And then I just grew up and wrote some more intense coasters and slowly became a coaster enthusiast. I realized that I really liked roller coaster soon after Lunero closed, as I found out about RCDB. I used to spend hours and hours looking at coasters around the world. I think that passion just grew up with me during the time, and when I finally had the chance to, I started traveling to ride coasters, and that is the reason, I guess. I first started realizing that I loved coasters at the age of more or less 13 to 14 when I faced my fears on riding Medusa Steel Coaster. It started for me at Universal Studios. Um, I wanted to go there because I was in Florida. I liked Harry Potter. When I went there, I was willing to try the roller coasters just because I liked Harry Potter and I didn't think as much of them as when I had been at Cedar Point previously and they seemed more intimidating because they were just roller coasters for the sake of being roller coasters. And at Harry Potter, it's like they were Harry Potter themed, so I wanted to go on them. And then after that, the next summer, I asked my parents to go to Cedar Point because I was like, well, roller coasters aren't that bad. I want to go try, go to Cedar Point. After that, I went to Kings Island. This was still just when I loved roller coasters. I had watched a little bit of Coaster Kids. I happened to meet Logan at Kings Island, and that's when I really started to get into the community and started considering myself well-educated and well-immersed like in the community enough to be a coaster enthusiast. It actually was only in 2018 in August when my cousin pushed me on Behemoth at Canada's Wonderland, and I absolutely loved it, and I started doing all this research, and I discovered all the amazing coasters around the world, and I'm like, wow, I want to ride those. All right, so uh, how some of you probably were, uh, I used to be scared of roller coasters, and if I'm being honest, sometimes I still do get scared. But anyways, way back in the day, many years ago, when Guazi was still at Busch Gardens Tampa, I decided to ride it. I had this motivation to ride it. My family was there. I ended up liking it. You know, I was still scared of it, but I still conquered my fear. I was proud of myself, but it didn't turn me into an enthusiast. But that changed back in 2018, I believe, somewhere around there, where I rode X-Flight at my home park, Six Flags Great America, and uh, it all kind of just snowballed after that. I kept riding more coasters, conquering more coasters, finding out information about them on YouTube, and that's kind of what made me an enthusiast, that interest, that spark, and uh, just snowballing off of that. In 2014, so about six years ago, I realized I've never ridden like a thrilling roller coaster. I did research the next year in 2015, I went to Six Flags, and I loved it. I knew I wanted to be an enthusiast after riding the Python at the F-Plane for the first time. I love roller coasters all my life, but I found out that I was an enthusiast after watching a bunch of different videos and finding about the coaster community in general. Now, here I am. So that's it. It's pretty obvious that there's a ton of other ways to get into roller coasters, which I think is really cool. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this segment. So have an amazing day. We'll see you guys later. Thank you, Logan. All right, so Andrew is standing by with our special guest today from Thrills United. We've got Hunter. It's going to be a really exciting interview, so take it away, Andrew. This is Andrew, one of the producers of the Coaster Challenge podcast. Here today with you, I'm going to speak to another coaster enthusiast. We're welcoming yet another guest from Thrills United. I'd like to welcome to the Coaster Challenge podcast, Hunter. 
Hunter, welcome. Thank you. I mean, this is this is awesome. You know, uh, usually it's kind of different. I'm the one who usually is doing the podcast on my own. So it's very different to be on the other side of it for once. It's really cool. And I'm really excited. So thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you've done interviews before yourself? Yes. So uh, not to just go straight in and plug myself. but um, no, That's okay. No, please. <laughs> yeah. My podcast on the hunt, basically, it's pretty basic. It's a coaster podcast. I love diving in with the news. I do with my good friend, uh, Christian from Theme Park Horizons. Yeah, we've been doing that for the past couple of months. It's been great. I'm always, you know, bringing people on, interviewing them. Yeah, to be on the other side of it for once, it's kind of cool because it's like you're getting a taste of what you usually prepare for. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's really cool. Yeah, I didn't realize you had a podcast. I'll have to check that out. That's awesome. That sounds mm-hmm. fun. Um, yeah, you're, you're going to, I think you'll get a good perspective on this because we just interviewed a uh, a guest yesterday and he is, he runs actually uh, he produces and hosts two different theme park and coaster podcasts. Oh, wow. One of which is one of the oldest coaster podcasts out there. I'm not going to say which one it is. Dang. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. anyway, he, he after doing the interview, he's usually the one that does the interviews. Mm-hmm. He, he was blown away. He's like, wow, I, I know this is really unique experiencing this, you know, very different from any other interview I've ever done where I'm on the other side of things. So I totally relate to what you're saying there. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, It'd be fun. Cool. Awesome. And so also besides On the Hunt, your podcast, you are a uh, rep for Thrills United. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that is correct. Rep for Thrills United and uh, ambassador for Coaster Kids too. Please. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you're, I've met a couple of the other uh, Coaster Kids, Thrills United rep here mm-hmm. in Florida. I met uh, Itai yep. uh, down in, in Bush Gardens. And I believe uh, Alex is a good friend in his Bush Studios. Oh, yeah, yeah. involved with you guys do. Yeah, great. Yeah, they're great guys. Mm. Yeah, I hung out with them at uh, Bush Gardens once. That's pretty cool. So, all right. Well, uh, thanks for telling us a little bit about yourself there. For sure. So, uh, yeah, next question I'd like to ask you, we're going to start talking about coasters. So, I, I, oh, yeah. I guess you enjoy talking about those. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Just a little the, bit. Yeah. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> yeah. What was the uh, first coaster you ever wrote? I mean, I feel like every enthusiast, I always say, there's those, this core of enthusiasts that has the five same first coasters as I either some of their local six flags but it's like what i hear it's a lot of goofy's barnstormer or shamu's express so yeah goofy's barnstormer at the magic kingdom was my first coaster i I remember it so well which i really don't know why because it was 15 years ago and i was only three years old or or 13 years ago actually but yeah i remember going up to the ride uh just seeing it with my grandmother and she pointed at it like you want to go on this and little three-year-old me was jumping up and down yes yes let's go let's go i remember everything so well it was still a toontown fair at the time so it had the had the barn it went through with the chickens i remember just coming off of it loving it to death and it's weird because it's like i just turned uh, 18 the other week so it's kind of weird now to look at like here i am now i'm an adult and going all the way back to think about just how it started it's pretty crazy that is pretty crazy yeah and and a lot of our guests their first coaster was a disney coaster but it's usually mm-hmm. space mountain or maybe big thunder mountain yeah. for you it's <laughs> even one, one of the more junior coasters but again yeah. like myself my first coaster ever i was four years old with space mountain at magic mm-hmm. kingdom but you know at for a coach like the barnstormer you can get on it even at a shorter height and earlier age yeah so mm-hmm. you also might have the record for being the youngest for your first coaster for three years I, old yeah i would not be surprised yeah but it's yeah, like it's i always joke around to i laugh at those people that come up to me they're like what was your first coaster and some of them were like oh it was millennium force or the big bad <laughs> wolf or and some of them even say like my first coaster was like i think one person i said x2 i'm like what were you thinking <laughs> <laughs> like first coaster and you're jumping there already that's a sh- even i couldn't do that <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool wow interesting interesting so given how young you got started with coasters some of these other questions i'm going to ask you today i'm interested very curious about your answers so speaking mm-hmm. of it might have been the barnstormer it might have been something you wrote a few weeks ago 
but what, yeah. how many coasters have you been on, by the way? What's your count? Oh, man, I have to look real quick. As of now, I have been on 155 coasters. 155. All right. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Which of the 155, which of those coasters, when you first rode it, scared you the most before you got on it? Oof. There's definitely a tie. So the first one would be the Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket at Universal yeah. Studios. Growing up, I lived right outside of Universal. And every time I turned outside of my neighborhood, uh, I would see Dueling Dragons. I remember when the Rip Ride Rocket was getting built. I remember when they finished the non-inverting loop and the drop, I was like, never in a million years. And it <laughs> took me till 2017 to finally get on it. But oh, wow. I, yeah, the whole time I was in line, it was a good hour and a half line. I was shaking. I was terrified and I was screaming my head off, but I loved it in the end. More recently, even as a true enthusiast, Top Throw Dragster at Cedar Point. My first time in that, my friends were laughing at me because they're all so hyped to get on the ride. I was sitting on the ground, like grabbing stuff because I was just so scared of the ride. Mainly, it wasn't the height, it was the launch. Like going right. 0 to 120 in 3.5 seconds. Like that yep. seems insane. And I was having a panic attack the whole queue line. But uh, it's one of my favorite coasters to this day. But I was, that is probably, I can remember the most scared I've ever been for a roller coaster. So you said initially it's a tie, but just the way you described Rip Ride rocket versus top throw dragster i'm mm. going to guess that really it's top thrill is the one that scared you the most yes okay definitely okay so you were you said you were kind of feeling like having a panic attack you were freaking <laughs> yeah. out on the ground and were you feeling all that fear leading up to even when you got onto the train or into the train i should say oh yeah like definitely the worst part of it was i sat back row I, definitely the worst part was just sitting on the launch track waiting knowing like okay once this click once you feel that little tiny click as you go backwards like four feet that's when you know okay, there's no going back and it's go time. And it's especially just kind of waiting for that click to happen to brace. It's like, it's just terrifying because you sit there for a good minute and it feels like hours when you're sitting on it. (laughs) So yeah, like sitting there was like, okay, let's just go. It's 17 seconds. Feel like I've been on the ride for 17 hours, but can we just launch? Let's get this over with. Yeah. And I remember the whole experience like it was yesterday. That's really cool. Okay. Yeah. Can you remember, like you were just saying, you remember the Mm -hmm. experience. So I'm going to maybe challenge your memory a little bit all right was there a specific moment where that fear turned into something else on that ride it was definitely kind of going down the spiral on the top hat okay yeah that was kind of where i was like oh my goodness because the launch kind of was over and then kind of being at the top feeling that what's crazy is it didn't really scare me but it was more of a shock but it was a really good shock kind of to just feel like i'm like it almost felt like a free moment was when you're on top and you I looked at Val Raven, which is 220 feet. So it's already taller than any coaster in Florida. And when you're right. at the top of Dragster, the thing looks like one of those nano coasters you built and put on your desk when you're on top of Dragster. So yeah. it's like looking at it and you're like, that's 220 feet tall. And that thing looks tiny, but it's kind of like that feeling of just you're plummeting down. But in a way it felt so good. Like, oh, this feels amazing. Like I'm on top of the world. And right. yeah, it was really cool. And I mean, the ending is just as good as the start because of that crazy drop. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So would you say that you kind of had that fear or you, you, maybe your mind didn't get caught up with everything mm-hmm. until after that launch going up the top hat. And so once you got to the top, started going down, then really is that when you felt like the fear had dissipated and now you were just excited or? Oh yeah. It was just kind of that relief. Like I did it. Like once you went over the top, you didn't roll back. You're at the top and you're like, here we go. I did it. I did the part I was worried about. And it's like kind of, that's when adrenaline takes over versus fear. Right. So, yeah. The fear, yeah. yeah, the fear to the adrenaline transfer, the conversion mm-hmm. area, right, right. That is a thing. Were you actually 
afraid of a rollback or were you, were you going to look forward to that if it happened? Um, I mean, my first ride, I kind of didn't want it because I didn't know how I was going to feel about the launch at first, obviously. So right. it's kind of like, okay, let's go. If I rolled back, I probably wouldn't have, I would have been honestly excited because right. at the time for a good couple of years until uh, pretty recently, uh, Dragster was my number one coaster for two years. So it's like, and unfortunately due to weather and all these issues with it, I did not get a second ride on my visits. I only got one ride on it. It was like kind of being at the top. It was really close to rolling back. Like I was sitting next to one of my friends who's written it many, many times. And when he's at the top, he's like, finally, finally, finally. And we were stalling. I'm like, oh my gosh, we really got <laughs> to roll back. I mean, yeah, it was like that first time that, yeah, like you were saying, that fear to adrenaline takeover when it kind of goes in it when it shifts gears it's funny how quick and kind of shift and how your whole mind process is like whoa this is absolutely insane now and then you yeah. just, you crave it you crave that adrenaline again yes that's uh, the craving of that adrenaline it's been a common theme that we've talked about with various guests it's mm-hmm. kind of come up again and again and that that is a thing and that whole adrenaline rush absolutely it is very real so you mentioned so you first rode topple drags for a couple of years ago you said yes 2019 okay you said it was your number one coast for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. All right. I think I know where that's going. Yes. And, and, we'll be, and so, and actually I was going to ask you yeah. a question, which I think very much relates to where that's going, mm. but we'll save that for later. Cause that's actually a separate conversation. We'll have later. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, but I have a feeling oh, I know yeah. where that's going. But uh, for the time being, let's, let's talk a little bit more about uh, dragster. You obviously that, that adrenaline kicked in. And then what about when you got off the ride? How'd you feel after getting off top of dragster? Man, when I got off, I just remember all my friends were like, not, I mean, they weren't really cheering for me, but they're kind of like laughing laughing in my reaction like you yes let's go because I just remember when we when the train finally slowed down I put my head on the scene in front of me and just put my head down like breathing like what just happened <laughs> like that was <laughs> insane my my friends are next to me is like what'd you think what'd you think and I'm sitting there like ah! <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah i just remember that feeling and kind of that relief of like you did it and then kind of just that feeling of like satisfaction like you conquered it you did it right which is which is awesome and then especially if you really enjoyed it because then it's like you want to do it again and you want to experience that especially it's like one motto i always say to my friends who are scared i always say listen i'm gonna bother you till you do it once and if you hate it, I will never tell you to do it again. Right. It's kind of like, that's like my motto with everyone. I say, do it once. And then if you don't like it, that's completely fine. I'm not going to make you do it again. Yeah. You know? It's like trying food. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Like trying a different type of food that you don't like, or yeah, try it once. And if you don't like it, you know, move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So would you say you're not really afraid of heights? Is it more like acceleration and speed or kind of the thing that's intimidated in the past? Yeah. At first, like really, I wouldn't say now any, at least even with Dragster, no coaster really scares scares me like I, I don't have a fear or worry about any coasters just more of the they some can intimidate me intimidate. You know? yeah right so, so have you yeah have you been on king to not yet really want to though <laughs> now does king to intimidate you now um it definitely would the first time and i mean even when i go back to uh dragster definitely be intimidated yeah. even i'm riding max force later this year and that's right. definitely going to be intimidating for my first ride it's kind of like especially with dragster i know the reason why i loved it so much was that acceleration so it's kind right. of that that thought process of okay it's always terrifying the first time but you remember how much you loved it and you know like oh in the end i'm gonna love it just as much as i did the first right time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, and then whenever you do get to go on Max Force or waiting online for it, or winging the car, you know, waiting online for it, do you anticipate you're going to have anywhere near that level of kind of nervousness, so to speak? Definitely not as bad as I had it on Jagster. Right. I'll definitely feel a little something. It'll definitely be the ride I will be the most nervous for in uh, Great America. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So do, do you think that riding dragster maybe has better prepared you to handle something like a max force? And Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely for sure. And uh, especially okay. when I'm, I'm hopefully I've been having it for years, but I've been trying to go to Japan for a while now with oh, my yeah. family and uh, Dota Dampa is looking more oh, yeah. likely that I'll yeah. ride it. And it's like, yep. that's when it comes to acceleration, that's the best of the best right there. It's kind of like, that's the only coaster that I legitimately think will scare me as bad as Dragster <laughs> when I, if I do ride it. So yeah, is, is it that, is that positive, is it that positive linear G, that acceleration more mm-hmm. so than the actual high speed that intimidates you. Oh yeah, because it's it's like any coaster can go. It, it's kind of like in your uh, like in your car. It's like you can go zero to eighty in around you know six to eight seconds, depending on what car you have. But it's like when you kind of merge on the freeway and you kind of kick that acceleration to make sure you can get on in time. It's like that little bit of acceleration is fine. But it's like okay, I'm going eighty miles an hour in my car. That doesn't scare me. But it's like if I went zero to eighty in my car in three seconds, that would scare me <laughs> because. That's right. a lot of control and a lot of uh, feelings you're going to get at one time. So especially with uh, rides like Dragster, where the second it kicks, you just can't move for a few seconds. Right. It's like because it kicks in so fast and so hard that it's like it feels like for a second time just stops because you can't hear anything. You can't hear anything. You don't think anything. You just right. see that you're moving forward and then your body just freezes. And yeah, because your body, your mind can't keep up with what your body's experiencing. It's not yeah. really designed to be like that. Mm-hmm. So can you uh, can you say anything about beyond what we've already talked about how riding Topler Dragster, are conquering it and you know your friends you're all excited high fives and stuff yeah and how, were there any other ways that conquering that fear with that coaster impacted your life Ooh, I mean that's a tricky one I, I would say in a way it kind of just gets you ready and kind of makes you know that you can always try anything. You know, like if something, especially with Topo Dragster, when you know it's safe, you know, like a lot of people will say, oh, I don't want to ride this or I don't want to do this because it isn't safe. That's not true at all. So it's kind of like with the safety aspect without like taking big risks, like, oh, I rode Top Throw Dragster. I'm going to go jump off a 50 foot bridge. It, it's like, no, I'm not going to do that. But it's kind of like the thought of it really is up to you that you are able to do anything. And especially with something like that, it kind of showed me like, yeah, if something is completely safe and you are confident, then yeah, you can do really anything or even taking a little bit of risks. It never hurts to take a couple of risks in your life. And sometimes that can lead to great success. Okay. So, and you feel like that's kind of how, where you were at after riding Dragster? Yes. That's mm-hmm. Okay. So in other words, because yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point. Yes. So would you say that facing your fears on Tropical Dragster help you to kind of be able to better deal with fearful situations in general in life after that? Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. I I think, you know, the biggest thing with fear is I kind of always feel like one little thing is fear is kind of always there and it's always meant to be conquered. That's always something great. And especially with me, like recently, I've been kind of going through my own things where I hate being sick in public. I hate it. Like if I have to like kind of vomit in the middle of a park that like that thought of it, it's like, oh, I hate it. Cause I oh, hate yeah. People. Hey, when people come to me, like, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm completely fine. Stop. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> it, it happened for the first time last year and it really got in my head the first time it happened. It's kind of like every time I go to a park now, unfortunately, I have felt nauseous and I have felt these feelings that make me kind of just want to leave and like, okay, let's go away where I can not feel this. It's been bothering me for a year but it's like i looked through the past year and there have been so many times where i have been able to conquer it and sometimes it has 
or actually a lot of times, it has led to amazing opportunities for me that I'm so thankful I got to uh, conquer it. Uh, one of the ones that just kind of stand on my head was when Velocicoaster was first testing, I really wanted to be the first one to get in there and go check it out. But I knew waking up early, going to a park, not a lot of sleep, getting there super early. And this was back in like December or January. So it was cold. It's like, I'm right. not going to feel good. I already know. The beginning, like when I was getting ready to go, I felt horrible. But once I got there, I was so thankful because when I got to the spot where I was going to sit and kind of camp out and wait for it to test, many other people that I kind of look up to. So uh, one of them was like some people from Orlando Informer showed up and I got to know them. Uh, one of the best ones I'm very thankful for was uh dan from midway mayhem you know uh, yep. a, a lot of people probably know who he is oh yeah but yeah for those who don't he does the best construction updates for sure out there <laughs> but i was able to kind of meet him and so i met him a few times and him and i kind of knew each other and what we do but we never really got to know each other and i was very thankful because i was able to camp out with him for nine hours waiting for this thing to test now it never did but because i kind of conquered that feeling that i had i got to know and became really good friends with someone who i look up to and now it's like us together now whenever we see each other we're like always talking and having a good laugh you know he he's been teaching me some great stuff that i can use for my own channel especially with him he has thousands of subscribers so it's yeah. like something like that it's it's a good thing to be taught i've been very thankful for it same with other things like velocicoaster opening day and what's another one there's a more recent one can't think of it off the top of my head but there have been many times where i've conquered this have been very thankful hollywood nights recently i went up to holiday world yep and, you were there uh, too yep very thankful that was able to do that because if i told myself seven months ago oh you're doing this no way i wouldn't i wouldn't even have processed it times like this where it's like for the few minutes it may suck there's gonna be hours of bliss and freedom okay and, yeah that's uh, really cool yeah mm -hmm. and uh, by the way if i'm if i'm prying it all please just, you know to say oh, for so sure, for sure but yeah. I, I'm, I'm just curious in, in case you are willing to talk about it so you mentioned like getting sick vomiting right yeah that's definitely okay something like is that is that a nervous thing or is that like a, a, a something else with you or uh it's just a nervous thing it's something i kind of it's something i don't want to do and i mean it's kind of nobody enjoys being sick in general but it's like right. something like that is always it's always kind of mess with me in public areas. That's always been one thing. And it's like, especially when, whenever you feel sick, you want to be at your home, on your bed, watching some Netflix. That's what right. you want to do. When you're in the middle of a theme park in line for Manta, not the best place to feel it. <laughs> so, right, right. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like recently that, or not recently, but throughout the past year, that's been a, something I've been really struggling with. And I've learned kind of, oh, how to, how to feel better. And it's like, I've learned what, I can and can't handle in some situations, but it's always like when I do push through, I am very thankful for it. And it. because right. it's like, I'm not going to let something so small affect memories that will last a whole lifetime. Right. But, but okay. So I'm just trying to understand, mm -hmm. is this something where like when this happened or almost happened, are you able to fight it back or whatnot, where you had like a stomach flu or something and that's why you were going to throw up or were you, were you going to yeah. throw up because you were nervous? Uh, basically, yeah, just something little kind of starts and it gets my heart racing and then it all turns into basically like my panic is feeling nauseous which is not oh fun. i see so I yeah see. i'm not i'm not someone to kind of be like oh my gosh oh my gosh what's going on i need to ground myself and breathe it's kind of just my it, it's like my subconscious mind 
makes me feel nauseous. So I see. Yeah. I it's see. Like, so the anxiety produces that sort of results in. Yes. Wow. And then obviously I kind of, if it lasts a while, it can turn into a big spiral, but yeah, it, it's, it hasn't happened since then, even though I've had some of these problems, I've been very thankful, especially with something as something like parks in the beginning of it. It's like, why is it happening in the place where I go to relieve my anxiety? Right. Why, why am I getting it from the place I go to relieve? And it's kind of just, I realized if I'm going to sit back and let it take over me, then my life is going to suck. No, I have to conquer it. And especially throughout I've seen major success through it by pushing through and conquering yeah. this fear uh, that I have, especially recently, it's been doing much, much better. And I'm very nice. thankful for it, especially with Velocicoaster opening, you know, very yeah. thankful I can just go and have, ha- have a good fun, have good fun, ride a couple times with some of my friends. Yeah, it, it's been, it's been rough because especially with like what I've learned from like what you guys are saying and learning from Thrills United and all that, to, to put it quite frankly and simple, be brave and ride on. Right. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, mind over matter and all that. Yeah. As yeah. I say. So have you been able to figure out why, as you said, you know, parks, you're drawn to them, obviously you're a coaster enthusiast, why it's those places where you seek out having this fun and, you know, all this great positivity. Why is it that it happens there sometimes? Do you, have you figured that out or? Yeah, I think it's kind of just that it's where I go to the most. So it's kind of like, if anything is going to happen, it's going to like, I I always once a week, I go to a park. If I don't go once a week, it is rare. And people ask, are you okay? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Whoa, you've been in eight days. What is going on with? Um, (laughs) But it's like, it's just that, especially with it, it's like, I'm struggling it for a year. That's 52 weeks. Well, that I've gone to a park 52 times throughout the past year still. (laughs) And it's like, when you think about that's a lot of times when you're going to a park. Yeah, basically it's that I've continue to push through it and very thankful for it. Nice. So started with mm-hmm. Topsail Dragster really conquering your fear of the acceleration. Now when you face, because, you know, just because you conquer fear on a coaster, you're still going to have anxiety provoking situations. And oh, yeah. like, that's, that's how life works. Life is not perfect. Mm-hmm. It's not about avoiding the anxiety period. It's about dealing with it in a, in a healthy way. Exactly. So it sounds like you have, you know, in these kind of unique situations, not even on a coaster, but just out in public or out in these places, you're out a lot, just that roll mm-hmm. of the dice. You're able, you have that anxiety, which can be very troubling, you know, getting sick and you're able to push through it and fight it because you're, you've learned how to fight fear and, and fight anxiety. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Exactly. And then you got to meet some awesome friends like Mac and me. Dan, exactly. Midway Mayhem Dan, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, and that's a common theme right there, by the way, is why people that we talk to myself and David are certainly this way where, because we are coaster enthusiasts and theme park enthusiasts. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we all go to a park by ourselves or we start that way. Then we wind up, you know, meeting new people, meeting friends. Mm-hmm. That's happened to me. I've done a lot of international travel for business where I am by myself. Same with David and I, we were both at an ACE event by ourselves. We first met three years ago and then we became friends from that. Yeah. Uh, and even if you're there, you know, as I am often, more often than not, I'm at parks with friends, especially here in Orlando, locally, mm-hmm. you know, meeting new people all the time, friends of friends. And yeah, it's a very, it's a very social experience for, for something where we're, where we're strained into a seat by ourselves, theoretically speaking, although yeah. someone can be next to us. <laughs> yeah. theme parks and coasters are very social mm-hmm. and it goes well beyond being strapped into a seat just by yourselves. And then all the discussions before and after the getting, waiting in line, just everything traveling. So I'm glad that, you know, you've been able to conquer your fears and like hanging out there for nine hours, waiting for Velocicoaster to start <laughs> testing. Yeah. And it never did. At least you were able to make a new friend and meet someone you've been talking to. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it's great to have that social aspect of things for sure. Yeah. And I don't know if you're part of that group, but you know, David and I were at Hollywood Nights as well. 
with a bunch of other friends. A couple times, I remember seeing a whole herd, I guess is a good way to put it, of Coaster of, of coaster Kids slash Thrills United people, just like 15, 20 of you guys, just all excited, running around. And I remember a, a couple of times I uh, I ran into Itai and, and Alex and said hi mm. to them. But I don't know if you were there with that big group. But yeah. if you were, you guys were having a blast. It was great to see. So yeah. I mean, I was Hollywood. It's so interesting for me because I was running around everywhere. And it's kind of funny. Like, this is something that it's like for me that it was very funny. I did not really enjoy the voyage. I did not understand the hype. And it always had such a long wait. And I'm like, why would I ride this when I don't even enjoy it that much when Legend has like a five minute wait and (laughs) I love it so much. And I noticed that I was with these two groups. I had my Florida friends and then I had my friends from Ohio and stuff. Like I had the Logan in them and I had that whole group and I had Itai and Alex in that whole group. And it was like, I'd hang with them, ride Raven and Legend a few times. Great. And then we, they walked to Voyage and then Logan's group was coming out of Voyage and I ride Raven and Legend in them a few times. It was like this cycle of, I would ride Raven and Legend, walk to Thanksgiving, go back ride raven and legend walk back yep. to thanksgiving yeah. so it was like i did get three rides on voyage i got like three rides of voyage but i think i got eight on raven and 12 on legend so oh wow yeah yeah i mean i i got i think a total of three rides at night trimless voyage mm-hmm. like one ride during the day on voyage and then a whole bunch of other stuff but whatever yeah. my ride tally was however many rides i got you know i would have gotten a lot more rides and same for david we were together most of the time mm-hmm. we were split in a hotel room if we weren't socializing i mean running into so many friends yeah you know some friends from florida but a lot of friends from all over the place ohio and elsewhere mm-hmm. some that i had met before i just opened see off because they don't live here in florida some that i'd never met in person before and it was, I mean, I loved everything. I love the water park, those, those water coasters there, like especially oh Mammoth are amazing. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I, lo- I love Voyage Legend was great. Raven was fun too. Mm. Just the park yeah. was beautiful. Everything was about awesome. that weekend was great. The rides were great, but the mm-hmm. social aspect of it was like, that's like, the, talk about being with friends and stuff. That was oh, yeah. that kind of experience at a regular park on steroids. And I, in some oh, yeah. ways I enjoyed the social aspects the best. Oh yeah. You yeah, know, for sure. yeah. Oh, for sure. So it's just so mm-hmm. cool to see everyone make new friends too. I had not mm-hmm. even talked to before, but yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I got to ask you though. Mm-hmm. So I, I, and again, we're actually getting pretty close to the part where I'm going to ask you some similar kind of questions, but you know, right. everyone, something we talked to Jeff Joyner about a while back is because I interviewed him for the show here uh-huh. is he very understandably is trying to get everyone, you know, he, he influences the community. Of course, everyone knows him yeah. to not talk about the best coaster or the best yeah. flat or the best yes. water. Run. It's the favorite. <laughs> The favorite. It's That's the how we favorite. term it too. So yeah. it's totally understandable if you like legend more than yeah. Voyage. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I'm just curious to know is what it is about Voyage that makes you like legend more. So I think first of all, it was kind of I always go against it with expectations. I always say, Oh, don't go with expectations, don't go with expectations. And then I find myself being a hypocrite of that statement because I go in with expectations. <laughs> um because uh <laughs> like some of my friends they're like, Oh man, I have such high expectations. I'm like, don't say that, let's enjoy it. But then I find myself <laughs> doing that as well. I think that was one thing is two of my friends, Logan and Michael, were coming at me saying the voyage the voyage the voyage so good so good so good and then i wrote it and i'm like it's good but it's not the crazy i mean okay no it is the craziest ride i've ever been on but uh it's like the biggest thing i said is the airtime is not as strong as people say it is like everyone's like strongest airtime in the world not no 
I agree with no. you. Yeah. You want strong airtime ride RMC Magnum's last two hills. <laughs> um, yeah. But it wasn't the strongest and the roughness. I was not expecting it. And I don't mind rough rides at all. I did not think the Voyage was going to have that kind. It, it definitely was the roughest operating ride in the park for me. Right. So it was kind of like I was not. I was expecting Legend Raven to beat me up and Voyage be kind of like, oh, this fun ride. It was the opposite. Especially my second ride. I was with my, I was by myself because they all went to take a break and I came back a little earlier and I'm like, let me get a ride on the voyage before everyone else comes. And I sat towards the front and I just remember hitting the mid course physically worn out <laughs> because of how rough and crazy the ride was. And you just, it, since it's the voyage, you just can't brace for it at all. You just have to go with it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And it's like, I remember in the mid course, like, oh my gosh, we're not even done. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and, and then I hit the break run. I'm like, I never thought I would say this, but that is too much. And I haven't even done a trimless night ride yet. Right. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. So that just, and then Raven and Legend, I just found, especially Legend, I found Legend so fun because since, especially night, I think you guys can agree, it was going at least five or six miles per hour faster than it was. It was day. running well at night. Yeah. I was like, what happened in the past six hours that made this ride go to a whole other level and then when i was riding it at night i just remember you can't brace for the laterals because you don't know when they're coming right right so, so you're dark, kind of yeah. just bashing into each other but you're laughing the whole time and that's what's great about it whereas the voyage i feel like there's not any of those moments where you can kind of take a like a quick breath and laugh it's like that ride is just the second you go down that drop to the brakes it is just non-stop madness and some people love that i don't blame them for liking that but for me it's like I like those moments. I, I, my favorite coasters are the ones where you can have a good 50-50 of insane intensity, but just plain old fun. Interesting. Interesting. So, I can relate to that. I think I think some of the later questions we're going to, I think, yeah. talk more about that because I know you and I have some similarities, which we'll get to. But so it sounds like overall for Voyage, at least, just to finish up on that, sounds like it was a bit of some anti-disappointment. It, it definitely, definitely was, especially with, I walked in and I, I walked in with a group with uh, John, Mike, Taylor, Sarah, that whole group. And they're like, you haven't done the Voyage right now. We're going right now. <laughs> and then they're saying, are you ready for Wooden Magnum? Are are you ready for the best ride of your life? And I'm like, yeah, let's go. And and then I kind of hit the brakes and I, I was in shock of the ride, but I'm like, that wasn't what everyone was describing it as at all. So I think it just proves, I wish tried. I know I, I find myself doing it, but setting expectations really high it really can disappoint you sometimes. And, and sometimes it can ruin a ride, even if it's super good. It can. Um, I agree. Um, so I want to ask you one more question, kind of in this first part of the interview, which is similarly kind of what we were building up towards. I, we yeah. talked about how coasters, how conquering your fear on top of dragster impacted your life. Now I want to take mm -hmm. a further step back, as they say, kind of like a 30,000 foot view level on coasters and theme parks in general. Okay. okay, not just conquering fear. Have co have coasters and theme parks and you being an enthusiast of them, have they had any significant positive impact on your life in, in general? Oh, for sure. Definitely. Especially uh, the best, the most, uh, how can I say this? The best one that, or the first one that comes to my mind. There we go. The first one that comes to my mind when I turned 16 two years ago and I just got my license and I'm like, I'm going everywhere twice a week. And I remember when Rise of the Resistance opened to Hollywood Studios. Yes. That was when I start. I went to before, so this was right before COVID. So during that December, March yes. period, I went to Hollywood Studios 13 times. Yeah, I went, I think 
three times a week was my was my max and all of them were at 4 30 in the morning the best one was i went to mickey minnie's runaway railway opening day yes got to the park at 4 a.m and i live an hour and 15 minutes away which means i woke up at 2 30 a.m to ride a mickey and minnie themed dark ride but, <laughs> um it was great it was an awesome experience throughout that time especially one thing for me was uh, one of my family members was having or uh, one of my close family members was having a hard time with their back they're having back issues which meant they couldn't do a lot of the things uh that they wanted to so basically or yeah my my dad had these problems and my mom was always there for him because he and he was kind of going in and out of different facilities which meant just got my license i'm left alone with my little siblings i'm the oldest in my family i'm left alone having to care for them for <clears throat> weeks straight because of how much and i just got my license so i'm finding myself going to the grocery store once a week going to restaurants to pick them up stuff it's kind of like when they say they're going to be home and they're not okay we'll have to go to a restaurant real quick and get stuff ready along with this i'm a junior in high school at the time so i have my own schoolwork. i have my own issues i have to worry about all the timing was kind of like it was it worked in their favor but in my favor it was like what is going on and it really boosted my maturity and it's kind of yeah. like like a lot of my friends tell me they're like you don't look 18 but you sure act like one <laughs> you know and i'm like I'll, I'll take it i'll take it when when this happened i needed escapes from these times where i'm like i don't want to do this every day where i'm having to do school I go get food and that's my day. So the times where I was able to go, I went to Disney World because I grew up going to Disney. That was my that was my home away from home. Especially when I knew I needed to be home for the night, I figured get there at 5 a.m., ride Rise the Resistance, do some of the stuff there and come home. That's no yeah. problem. I did that so much. And it, it, like those, I always say January through March, even though I was having a lot of home struggles, those three months right now is the highlight of my life because it's like I haven't had that much fun, especially with I told all my friends came down to ride Rise the Resistance. I said, hey, stay at my house. We'll leave at 3 a.m. It'll be awesome. We'll have a blast. It, it was a great time, especially with Mickey and Minnie's Runner Railway. That was like the first opening I really could attend. And yeah. um, I got to meet a bunch of great people. I was in the first public pre-show on that, which was madness. You know, everyone, wow. like when the, I won't spoil it, but there's a cool right. effect that happens in the pre-show. Yeah. Let me just say to have to be in the yeah. first one and everyone see that and be like, be wowed. Oh right. my gosh. Right. It was like everyone got chills and it was awesome. And I got the third public train on it, which is so cool. To do that was a great opportunity. And then obviously COVID happened. Um, before the parks closed, it was like, that was a great time. And, and luckily my family has recovered from that. And it was all great, especially once COVID ended or once everything in June, when that's everything started right. opening, everything right. was back to normal. It was like something, it's like it turned a bad into a good because I can look at those times where at home, my whole family was struggling. But for me, it was like, it really boosted my maturity. It got me right. to uh, kind of step out of my comfort zone, which especially for real world experiences, it's like, unfortunately, us coaster enthusiasts, we have stuff to do outside of going to theme parks every day. We have yes. <laughs> all of us have a life that we have. Most of us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all of us have something that we have to do outside of going to a theme park. So it's kind of like kind of just jumping into that and getting ready. It, it feels really good to kind of know, like by age 17, when all my friends are like, oh, I don't know. If I can do this yet, I don't know if I can do this yet. It's kind of like, oh, let's just go. I don't care because <laughs> I was able to step out of my comfort zone so quick and I'm very thankful for it. And uh, especially that I can look at that time and say, that was the best time of my life with something so stressful. Uh, I'm really glad that I was able to do that. That's awesome. So it sounds like you were about 16 when you got your license, of course. Mm -hmm. You had this kind of family situation where you kind of had to mature quickly so yeah. you had to take care of your younger siblings because your parents were, had their thing going on. Mm -hmm. You found yourself at a relatively young age kind of ideally looking for a place to go to kind of just get release and kind of stress relief and just 
get away from the real world for a little bit. Yeah. And that's where theme parks, Disney world, for example, came in. Yes. So mm-hmm. we call that theme park therapy. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's a theme of our channel. Of course, you know, again, you're now 18. What I, what I guarantee for you, unless there's some weird thing, which I would hate for you, which I doubt is going to happen where you, yeah. for some reason, get, get to the point in like a few years where you hate coasters and theme parks. I doubt that's going to happen. Yeah. So other than that happening, what you're likely to find as you, you know, if you're going to go to college or, you know, start, you know, getting into your first full-time jobs and so forth mm-hmm. after high school, that you're going to face more and more stress and at mm-hmm. times. And so that theme park therapy is going to become more and more important. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you got at a pretty young age at 16 to first experience that, that benefit, that theme park therapy mm-hmm. and keep at it, keep, because it's obviously theme parks and coasters are a big thing for you. Like they are for me, yeah. keep using that as self-care as another mm-hmm. way to put it as you get older, because it really is very healthy for sure. All right. So let's, let's have some fun. Now we're going to go into like the other, the second part of the, All right. so you've been on 155 coasters. Mm-hmm. Okay. What has been your craziest moment on a coaster ever? Like something that didn't go right or, Ooh, okay. So yeah. one that comes to mind, it's not even on a coaster. So it was on Tower of Terror. Okay, that's so, fine. So yeah, this is the one I, I told some of my friends like, what the heck? I've learned this trick on Tower of Terror to get a little bit of room on it. I, I learned this trick. And uh, when I learned it at first, I was like, I'm using this trick all the time. But ever since this day, I haven't used it since. So it's like, uh, oh, yeah. But um, because so we get on it at first. And I have a, just a little bit of room. We go into the shaft. They say the Tower of Terror. And then the ride drops. But it was the strongest drop I've ever felt on it. And then all of a sudden, the ride comes to a slamming stop. And everyone like grabs something when it dropped because it was that intense. Oh. It stops and all the work lights turn on for three seconds oh. and for three seconds. So I'm like, what, what's going on? And then it, literally three seconds later, the ride continued, but all the lights are on while it's going. So I'm like, did someone have something they're not supposed to? I'm like, it's Disney. If someone has a phone, they're not turning it off. They no, <laughs> you know? And so I'm very confused on what's going on. The ride continues in its normal motion. It ends. And then when I come off the ride, I hear for the intercom, we're only running one side for the rest of the day. I'm like, Oh, what the heck? So I don't know what happened, but it was like a legit, either free, fall or malfunction with the cable going too fast on it that that's always the one that comes to mind because it was the weirdest thing and it i I was there for the rest of the day and they did not open that side so for that first time well for that first drop Mm -hmm. you said you went all the way down did it did it slam at the bottom or did kind of it it slammed it was a hard stop and i had room too so i went like flying and i i even grabbed something and then it slammed to a stop in three seconds and i'm thinking oh maybe they yelled at me for room but i came off the like because i had a little bit it was not that much but then i came off and no one talked to me no one said a word to me yeah and then they said that's i was close for the rest of the day i mean all the work lights are like even the exit part you could see all the mechanics of the ride right going on so it was very very strange so i don't know what entirely happened i still don't know but that was the craziest drop i've ever felt on any ride (laughs) And uh, yeah, still to this day is a mystery. Yeah, because what's interesting is Tower of Terror, I'm not certain of this, but my understanding is, and obviously there are technically four Tower of Terrors in the world. Of course, the Florida one is the, not only the OG, it's different than all the others. I've been on all of them. Every Uh one of the other ones is a clone of... Well, the you know the they're all clones of each other, yeah. Because um, yeah. they don't, yeah, they don't leave the same. They stay in the same shaft. They don't have mm. the fifth, you know, the the trackless part at the top and the fifth dimension. I think they call that. Yeah. yeah. But my understanding is for those four Tower of Terrors, they're the only rides in the world that go down faster than gravity, whether a powered acceleration down, mm-hmm. <sighs> perhaps. I don't think even the drop tracks, like on any of the drop track coasters, I think maybe thirteen, maybe like that. 
but I don't, you know, certainly like your drop rides, your instrument Falcon's Fury or your gyro drops, mm-hmm. those are just free fall. They're not yeah. forcing down, but Tower of Terror actually has additional force downward, powered force downward. Mm-hmm. So, but then you're talking about on top of that, having an even stronger push downward. That's, and then you had that room because that trick, that's, yeah. those, all those combined, that's pretty insane. It really and then was. And all the, all the oddities. Is it because of that experience that you haven't done that trick since then? So it's a little bit because I still don't know if the reason why the ride like stopped and all the work lights were on was because of me. Right. But then it was like, taught my lot of friends the trick at the time. They all use it. Nothing bad has happened to them okay. since. So I, I think like real, and I haven't gone on it much since because of how when COVID especially reopened that line was always hours long I think it's just kind of like that's one thing where I've always been hesitant to do again because I don't know if it was my fault but I I highly doubt it was because that was definitely strange. yeah all right so that was an interesting crazy moment you had on a ride that's mm-hmm. great that's interesting okay so here's the question that I've been you've been hitting out a little bit I've been hitting out like five or six <laughs> times already yeah because I already know the answer because <laughs> I've seen your videos what is your favorite coaster and why is it barnstormer no just kidding what is your favorite coaster <laughs> Yeah, so that's going to go to Great American Scream Machine at Six Flags Over Georgia. Um, <laughs> man, I mean, if you want to talk about the strongest airtime that lasts for 0.02 seconds, <laughs> you got to ride there, okay? You got, I mean, the most. Like, there are t- 27 seconds of airtime. Try 0.27 seconds of the strongest airtime, okay? That's all I can say. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely a ride. Yeah, but uh, in all seriousness. Jurassic World Velocicoaster. I mean, <laughs> that <laughs> is my perfect ride laid out on paper. It's literally, I always say, I want a coaster that's a perfect mix of intensity and fun. And that is Velocicoaster. It's so, so good. So things. speaking of things we don't look forward to, mm-hmm. okay, what is your, <laughs> on the other end of the spectrum, what is your least favorite coaster? Oh, so it wasn't until recently I solidified it, but uh, I've, there's always been those coasters I kind of dislike, but never like, I would never have a solidified, like uh, one of them that came to my mind was always Vortex of Kings Island. Like when that thing <laughs> closed, I was celebrating. I'm like, thank goodness they could put anything else better. Everyone was so sad. I'm like, you guys are weird. This thing beat you up and you enjoyed it. That is <laughs> yep. weird. That was kind of always one. Another one was Zeus and Mount Olympus. It got retracted recently and everyone's praising for it, but I wrote it before it got retracted and Mount Olympus pre-retract, you can kind of imagine where that's going to go. That that was the roughest coaster experience I've ever had. Huh. So that was one up there. But, so it was Is like, that the one real quick? Just real quick? Because I've not yeah. been in Mount Olympus. I was recently okay. watching some friends of mine were showing me some videos from there. Is that mm-hmm. the one when it like comes back to the station, it makes this crazy, like almost like it's going to derail, like it's crazy rough. Oh no, that's Pegasus. That, Pegasus. that one's pretty okay. bad too. Yeah. That, that okay. Is, oh gosh, that transition's horrible. But yeah, sorry. Um, go ahead. Sorry, yeah. Man. But yeah, basically it's, it's a, uh, it's right under Haiti. So it's like it dives and it kind of goes right under Haiti's uh, big structure. Okay. It's a simple island back layout, but it was brutal. And I hear it's great now. So I'm, if I go back, I definitely want to give it a second chance, but sure. uh, that one coast rider and Knott's Berry farm is another <laughs> big one. And it wasn't because of the wild mouse. It was, they have shin guards on it and they push so hard and they're metal. Yeah. And it hurts. David's agreeing. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and the ride moves so slow. It's the slowest wild mouse ever. 
that by the end where you just go through these two turns, you're like speed. You're like jerking the car forward. You're like, get me off of this thing. My shins are about to explode. So it's even worse than Primeval World for you? Oh, Primeval World is literally like Velocicoaster compared to Coast Rider. Oh my gosh. It was, it's, it's a one and done for sure. But I thought that was bad. And then I went to Kentucky Kingdom recently. Oh, I know where you're going to go. I rode T3. Uh-huh. And that after that ride, I'm like, that is atrocious. I, when I think Logan's video will come out from Keys to the Kingdom, and you will just see me out of T3, I am like, that is horrible. Why? <laughs> Why? And it wasn't the whole ride. First of all, it shakes side to side. You don't yep. feel it, but it's just the entire ride. It's doing this. And the restraints, they really like when people say thigh crush, man, it, it, I said, especially for me, because I'm I'm pretty tall. Um, I'm 5'11 and I have long legs. The worst thing was it was crushing my thighs, especially when I was in the brake run. I had to keep moving my legs because I could feel the circulation stopping. I could feel like if I stopped for a second, it was getting harder to move. And when I wanted to adjust, the shoulder vests were digging in my shoulders. And they're not like being vests where you can kind of stretch them a bit. Yeah. They're not moving. So it's like you can't. You're, you're in this torture chamber. You try to move, but your shoulders are getting crushed. And then when you relax, your thighs are getting crushed. So it's, and the whole ride is shaking left and right while you're doing this. It is horrible. I'm like, <sighs> why do people in, like, and I heard someone in line say, this is my favorite ride in the park. Like, you are, you are not okay. You need help. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like that, that was horrible. And after that, I could, yeah, I could safely say it. That is the worst roller coaster I've ever been on i don't know why that thing is still there <laughs> i really don't because it's terror to the third dimension it's that's what mm-hmm. it's doing what it's supposed to oh, so those are terror. those are some good examples uh, i did not like t3 i also wrote it first time this year after day after hollywood nights was over mm-hmm. sunday and i'm like one and done but i didn't what i kept thinking on i'm like oh my god thank god this doesn't have all the shoulder restraints anymore because yeah. that vest was much more forgiving and I, the shakiness of it, it just is not, a, even if, okay, it's one thing if you have like a, like a classic arrow mega looper, like a vortex or, or Viper mm-hmm. at, uh, at Magic Mountain, you know, how they're running these days, because you have those over the shoulder restraints that are obnoxious because they're from the eighties. They know what they were doing back then comparatively. It's much yeah. more primitive. And then the shakiness of the coast or the roughness of the ride and you get headaches, your head's hitting their if that mm-hmm. that's bad that's not yeah. only shaky but then if a steel coaster is shaky and even if you're not like okay rip ride rocket's another good example of this yeah if a steel coaster is shaky and your head's not hitting anything it's still it's not fun it, it's no. not the way you're supposed to feel yeah it's and tolerable but it isn't good yeah, yeah yeah so that's how i felt about t3 but i kept thinking thank god it doesn't have the old shoulder restraints mm-hmm. but I, again everyone rides differently different body proportions and all that but I, I wasn't really uncomfortable on T3 that I recall. Or maybe I was just so focused on, I'm glad it doesn't have, have the OTSRs anymore. So maybe I just was ignoring how uncomfortable the, the actual restraints were. Yeah. So so before we wrap up here, we just like, we'd like to give all our guests kind of after we talk, we talk about some of these more serious things, fight, facing fear, theme park therapy and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. would you, would you have, do you have any advice that you'd like to give our guests? Our, our audience and well, future guests as well, but anyone that's listening to this show. I mean, speaking from experience too, one thing is don't let a slightly traumatic experience kind of ruin the rest of your life, especially at a young age. That's kind of one thing I noticed is like the first time when I was going back early, when I felt sick at a park, it was very traumatic for me at the time. I'm not going to let 10 minutes of fear ruin the next 80 years of my life. It, it, so it's kind of like, that's one thing I can definitely say is 
don't let it haunt you. Definitely. It, it will be hard at first, but if you can definitely try and push through, you will be very thankful for it. As I said earlier, if you're afraid, just know, especially with roller coasters, it's completely safe. You're more likely to have a problem in a car than a roller coaster, but you're in a car every day of your life. Just always have that mentality. Whereas do it once and trust me, no matter what it is, you will be so satisfied that you can say I've done that. And it's definitely something that everyone would do, whether it's a roller coaster, a haunted house, anything in your life at all that you know you're scared to do, but you you deep down, you know, you really want to do it. Something like skydiving, even if you really want to do it on the inside, then do it. Yeah, that's great. All those are very those are like almost like three things right there. All great advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. Uh, so I'm actually a little bit of new advice that previous guests have not mentioned. So I appreciate that. That's why we like to talk about this with everyone and so many people. But, but that's awesome. Now, thank you very much. And so last thing we'd like to do here is. I know you're, you know, part of a, you know, Coaster Kids and Trolls United. You got the podcast. Mm. Go ahead. This is your time to kind of promote everything, websites, podcasts, YouTube channel, social media, whatever you'd like to share. All right. So uh, as earlier, you can check me out uh, as On the Hunt for the podcast, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, all your favorite podcast streaming services. Make sure you check that out. Just wrapped up season one. Season two is going to come back bigger and better. And then if you guys want to see more of me, you can check out, uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Theme Park Hunting and go subscribe to my YouTube channel, Theme Park Hunting. And if you're a new content creator and need need a copyright free off ride. I have amazing 4k POVs and off rides on my other channel, TPH production. So definitely go check that out as well. Awesome. Thank you very much, Hunter. Appreciate you offering to help out some people coming out to, you know, new to the, uh, the community. That's really awesome. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Well, and thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. It was a fun, sure. fun conversation. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Hunter. You know, Ivo, that was a really awesome interview. Yeah, it was. Hunter started off just by being afraid of Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket and then facing his fear by riding Top Drill Dragster, which, as all of us know who've listened to the past podcast episodes, is one of those coasters that everybody either loves or hates. Yeah, the most common roller coasters that have been mentioned in this first season so far has been Top Throw Dragster, X2, Steel Vengeance was one, Fury has been brought up quite a bit, Space Mountain, when their first coaster ride, their first challenge was trying to get off Space Mountain. But I have to tell you, I loved what Hunter did. He almost fooled me when he said his the coaster that scared him the most, or no, I'm not scared the most, I will say it was his favorite coaster and he was sitting there saying it was the American Scream Machine over at Six Flags Over Georgia. And then all of a sudden he goes, no, it's Velocicoaster. He, that was pretty good, Hunter. You did a good job. You almost fooled Andrew and I there that moment. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any room to talk about that, especially after our recent Florida trip. The Velocicoaster wound up being yours and mine. First num- number one favorite, number favorite one coaster. And it, mine used to be Fury and yours used to be still Vengeance, but it, the Velocicoaster blew us out of the water. Andrew, I hate to say it was right. Yeah, we've already gave him a special shout out to that in our earlier episode, so he doesn't need another one for that. So, well, anyway, guys, we had a really, we're having a really fun episode today, but we've got a very exciting one next week. You know, we've got the founder of Thrills United. We've got Logan Joyner here in the studio, and we're very excited about that. But until then, Justin, how can they find us on social media? If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to see more from us, we upload every Friday. 
and check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all at Coaster Challenge. Links in the description. Thank you, Justin. Yes, guys, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Make sure to uh, give us a thumbs up. Make sure to write us a review, especially if you're on the Apple Podcast Network. We really appreciate those that listen to our episodes through Apple, that you leave a, re- a positive review for us. We really appreciate that. Guys, make sure to check out our website at www.coasterchallengeusa.com. Make sure to check out our online store where we sell all kinds of really cool merchandise and all the proceeds from that is donated to charity every year. If you guys want to show any kind of support, you know, make sure to buy a shirt, buy a hat, buy a hoodie, be able to share and show people who you support and love. Like I said, we've got a very, we're going to be closing out the Thrills United Month with a very special guest next week. And I'm very excited about that. How about you, Iva? Oh, I'm super stoked. I love Logan, not including all the other reps we've had this month. Oh, it's been a very good month. I'm really excited. I can't wait to close it out with Logan. It's going to be a lot of fun, guys. So make sure you turn in next Friday right here on the Coaster Challenge podcast. Thank you.